The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Shanae Alexander, host of Press Send, a podcast and more importantly, a safe and hilarious place for candid conversations about the scary, funny, heartbreaking, but always intriguing questions that make us all human. Each week, me and a new best friend you haven't met yet field your questions across any and all topics and offer our take on the matter with plenty of humor, heart, and badassery along the way. We launch a new episode of Press Send every Wednesday. We'll see you there. Hey guys, it's Gobby and welcome to What's Gobby Cooking in the Wild. We got a little bit of a facelift. If you're new here, I'm Gobby. I'm the founder of What's Gobby Cooking, a best-selling author and now a podcast host. What's Gobby Cooking in the Wild, which is the latest version of my podcast, is your one-stop shop for all your food and cooking questions. We'll be talking tips and tricks, how to store food, how to put together meals based on what's in your pantry and more. I'm also going to be interviewing some incredible people and highlighting super cool small companies from the food world. So let's get right into it. This is What's Gobby Cooking in the Wild. All right, guys. Happy Monday. Good morning. Welcome back to What's Gobby Cooking in the Wild. I have a very, very special guest today. You might know him as my co-host from Insta Live, he is my husband. He has an Instagram channel called What's Thomas Eating. He is my very best friend in the entire world, except for when he won't bring me a water. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Mr. Thomas Dawson. Hello, everyone. Hi, babe. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Um, I'm so happy to have you in my podcast studio today. So happy to be in our living room. <laughs> AKA your podcast studio. <laughs> yep. It's really, really high class over here. Okay. So a couple days ago on Instagram, I told people I was going to be interviewing you for my podcast and asked them to submit questions. And we had lots of questions. So many questions. Like, honestly, I didn't think of one of what we're about to talk about. <laughs> just didn't come from me. A hundred percent crowdsourced. Yeah. It's all crowdsourced, which is super rad. You have quite the dedicated following apparently, <laughs> but We have lots of questions. I want to talk about work and life and fertility and all these different things that people wanted to know about and that I think will be cool to get your perspective of because people hear mine all the time. So, oh, we have a guest. Hi, Stella. Stella's our cat for those of you who are listening. It's Gabby's imaginary friend. (laughs) She does that on occasion. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I can't breathe. Okay. My friend's name is Barry. (laughs) Stop it. Pull yourself together. Okay. Let's get into it. Thomas, a lot of people asked if you were an orphan. (laughs) Am I an orphan? No, I'm not. Wait, let me ask my question. Well, I'm just saying, no, I'm not an orphan. (laughs) We have to pull it together. Gobby dresses like an orphan sometimes though. Annie, remember when Matt photoshopped you oh as my Annie? God, that was so funny. Because you're just like Annie at the studio <laughs> one time. Okay. No, a couple people asked if you're an orphan. I think it comes from the fact that we are with my parents a lot. We vacation together. You see them on Instagram. But you actually have a much larger family than I do. You keep that part of your life a little private. But tell us a little bit about your life growing up. Where did you grow up? What did you want to be when you grew up? Your family. Give us like the lay of the land. Let's start with my family. My parents, Teresa and Chris, live up in Northern California. Hi, mom. I have a younger brother and a younger sister. My sister's actually in between my brother and I. And 
My brother lives over in Singapore and my sister is in the East Bay area. I was born in Southern California and then my family moved up to the Bay area. And then after that moved up to Northern California in a small town called Auburn. And that's where I spent the majority of my childhood until I went to college at St. Mary's in the Bay area. After college, I moved down to LA and had a quick stint up in Seattle. So there's like the quick where I've been, what I've done. What did you want to be when you were a kid? I was always really into sports as a kid. So it started out as a baseball player and then a basketball player. And then I was too short to play basketball. So kind of went into tennis and I was actually really good at tennis and did that through high school and college. And then in college, I quickly realized I wasn't as good as I thought I was (laughs) to play tennis professionally. And so that's where I then started looking outside of sports to figure out what I wanted to do. And I think growing up, I was always attracted to technology and computers and video production and like camcorders and just creating. So it's kind of crazy to look at like what I do now and realize that's what I was drawn to as a kid. Like in college, I could sit behind a computer monitor for five hours editing a video and it felt like 30 minutes. And now I do that for Gabi. And it's just, it's crazy how it's turned out that way. Full circle. Yeah, full circle for sure. I always thought you would be an excellent sports commentator. Like when you were trying to figure out what you wanted to do after college, I always thought you would do really well at ESPN. Yeah, the problem with that though is like in order to do sports commentating, you got to go to like the middle of the country and some small town and put your time in traveling with like the AAA. And like, I love sports, but I don't love them that much. And you wanted to be with the Lakers. Yeah. And you just, you just can't go, you just can't go straight to the top. So (laughs) yeah. Okay. So a lot of people have heard my version of the story of how we met. For those of you who don't know it, you should go read the ask Gobby section of my website because I think I do an stellar job of explaining it there. But I think everybody would love to hear your version of how we met. My version's not nearly as exciting as yours. I was a sophomore in college. Gabby was a freshman. And we were both on the tennis team. And we would be flirtatious, whether it was in practice or at parties. And eventually that led to more than flirting. And here we are today. Like, (laughs) it's a pretty boring story. I did, however, find out like seven years down the road that Gabby actually picked me out and pursued me. So it's kind of... Quick backstory for those of you who don't know. My best friend, Emily, and I were 17 at the time looking at the St. Mary's athletes because we knew I was going to be on the tennis team. We looked at basketball, baseball, soccer, rugby, blah, 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 blah. And we looked at every athlete and I looked at Thomas. I'm like, he looks like my type. She fell for my bleach blonde tips. Oh, God. (laughs) Very boy band of me. When you found out that we did that, however many years down the road, well, was not surprised at all. It's <laughs> like, yep that that seems very gobby like. <laughs> How long did we date before getting engaged? We dated for seven years, and that was that eight eight. Well, it was seven years, and then we were engaged for a year. Correct. So we were together for eight years before we got married. Right out of college, when Gabby graduated a year after me, she wanted to get married and probably start trying to have kids Popping right out then those and there. Kids. And that was what, year two of I dating? mean, I was 22. Yeah. No. And I said, You're no, two. I want to wait seven years and do it like my parents did. Not sure why, but 
I think that was just to buy me time. <laughs> and looking back on it now, both of us agree that that was uh, one of the wiser decisions. That Honestly, we, made. we should have waited even longer. Our wedding would have been even cooler if we waited another year or two. But what's your thoughts on a wedding right now? Like if you were to have a wedding right now, in well, we wouldn't have waited this long. No, to get but married. like, it, but like, this was another question that popped up a bunch. Like, do you think weddings are worth it? Oh, if I were to propose to you right now, we weren't married. Would you have a wedding, or would you just save the money and throw like a big party and go from there? Well, I'm supposed to be interviewing. I know. You. I'm asking you all the questions. <laughs> I think I would save the money, get married and throw a rager in 2021 when everyone's clean and healthy and no one can breathe on each other and get each other sick. No, when everybody can breathe on each other. That's what I meant. And not get people sick. Is that what I said? I can't wait to breathe on other people. (laughs) 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 This isn't going well. (laughs) This is great. Carry on. I think what we would do right now, Gabby and I are both in the same boat where it's like, Save the money, have a fun party and not do all the wedding festivities. Get married now and then throw a party later. But like I'd throw a party in Italy and like rent a villa in Tuscany and throw a rager Yeah, with all the wine. And I just want to be like- And no face masks. Toasted off of Aperol spritzes. Yeah, that sounds like a headache, but- <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. I'll deal with it the next day. We'll Definitely. have those IV things. Okay, so we dated for seven years. We were engaged for one and then we got married. We've been married for eight years this August. Yep. We've been together for 16 years of our lives. That's it? okay so you've been in LA since 2007 except for a brief stint in Seattle which we'll get into later but what made you want to move to LA because I remember in college when you graduated you bounced you were like I'm out I'm going to Southern California see you once a month and then we'll reconnect in Los Angeles I really like the Lakers and Dodgers (laughs) She's laughing, but like, that's like, <laughs> true. that's like 50% of my decision. No, I also, growing up, I was always obsessed with surf culture, even though I've never, I've surfed like maybe three times, but I just loved the beach. I had a ton of family in the Southern California area. You really can't beat the weather down here. The vibe is just so chill and relaxed. And so I knew after college, I had to get down to LA. And once I got down here, I was going to figure out what I would do for work to survive and go from there. And then Gabby followed me a year later. Yeah. And we love, well, I remember when I first moved down here. She hated it. I hated LA for the first couple of months. We were living with one of Thomas's friends and his girlfriend at the time. I've never it been. Was close quarters. I've never been good with roommates though. Well, and it was like such a bachelor pad with like carpet and stains all over the carpet and like, like smelly old was, couches. Oof. Like think of like two guys who lived together after college. It was disgusting. But also like I've just, you're the only person I've ever been able to live with successfully besides my parents. All my roommates in college. In your defense though, like when you first moved down to LA, like you didn't have a lot of friends down here and like this city is very challenging. I had no friends. If you, right. If you don't have friends and like I had a bunch of friends down here. So like fortunately, Gabby's a very social person and kind of created her own wolf pack. I had Emily. Yeah, but you also created your own wolf pack with like the blogging community as that started to take off. Yeah, it was a rough transition back in the day. Um, Now you love it though. I wouldn't change it for the world. Your whole brand is built around that. Okay, so I want to get into some work stuff. But before we do, there were an overwhelming amount of questions about your perspective on our fertility journey. And a lot of people wanted to know how you cope with it. 
um, your experience with everything we've gone through. Quick backstory for those of you listening. I think we've now had five or six. I think we've had six miscarriages now. Yeah. Two of those were chemical. I don't know. It's too, I can't even begin to look at my records, but the people want to know your perspective on it and how you as a partner, like someone asked if their, I think this person asked because their partner is probably going through infertility struggles. How do you be a partner to that? Like, how do you be there for someone? So lay it on us. What's the first thing that comes to mind when someone tells you, like, what's the reaction that you generally think of when someone tells you, Hey, like I'm pregnant. I'm asking you. Me? Yeah. I'm so excited for them. But, and like everybody genuinely like freaks out and gets really excited. Mm -hmm. And I think when it comes to pregnancy, everything you hear, like 97% of everything you hear is all the success stories and the positive pregnancies that have gone to completion. Mm -hmm. And so I think what really stood out for us and kind of set the tone for us early on was when we first got pregnant our very first time, we told Gabby's parents, they're both in the medical world and they were happy, but they weren't excited. They didn't give us that response and that reaction that you would typically expect. And the reason for that is because, well, and it quickly set the tone for us, but the reason for that response was because majority of miscarriages happen within the first trimester. And so it's kind of like, you don't want to count your eggs before they hatch, or you don't want to celebrate too soon. And that quickly brought Gabby and I into like this mindset. It's like, yeah, we actually really do have a really long way to go before we can get excited about this. Not to say that we can't be excited, but it just kind of set expectations for us. I think it brought us back down to earth a little bit too. And so when we did have that first miscarriage, because our excitement wasn't through the roof and whatnot, like it wasn't as hard, if that makes sense. It's also, we were able to not discuss, we were able to really understand that like when our miscarriages happened, it was kind of the body doing its job. Something was wrong. And so the body stopped the pregnancy. Science. and Yeah, science. So when you look at it like that, it's like, okay, like the body's working the way it should. Um, Now, with that being said, miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage really test your patients. And I think really taught us to kind of, both Gabby and I both like to be in control of the situation. And it kind of taught us that we're doing everything we can, but we can't control this. So it's like, at the end of the day, like we know we've done our best. We've put ourselves in the best situation possible, but it's up to the body to respond how it wants to. And so I think by looking at it with that point of view is really easy. It makes it easier to handle the uh, miscarriages. As far as working with a partner on my end, it's challenging because there's literally the only thing I can do is support Gabi. Like it's not my body. I'm not the one going in for all the procedures. I'm not the one that's getting poked and prodded and having to get checked up every couple of weeks. And so by you feel helpless a little bit. So like the only thing that I can do and the most important thing that I can do is be the ultimate support system. So I think that that's it in a nutshell. And you have been, you've been great. Okay. Hard left turn. All right. <laughs> Let's talk Let's about get work. something light. <laughs> <laughs> like working with your spouse. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of people don't know your life pre what's got cooking. Well, first of all, are you full-time with what's got cooking? I am full-time with what's got cooking. There is no other side hustle besides yeah. his. The hustle game. is what's got cooking well, and what's Thomas eating. Well, also you're an aspiring amateur golfer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's my that's my hobby. Okay, I mean, it's, if you want to go on tour, like I support you. 
I may take you up on that. <laughs> you guys heard it first. Okay. What was the work life of Thomas like pre-Wetscopy cooking? Yeah. So after college, I moved down to LA and I was a tennis coach and I built websites in my free time. And that's actually kind of how Gabby's blog got started too. When she started her blog, I would practice on her website to kind of build and design. And I built up a small client base. Uh, funny side story, or when I asked Gabby's parents for permission, her dad- Permission to propose. Yeah, permission to propose, excuse me. Her dad's like, yes, but, and he's like, I want you to have a real job, a stable job, because like the freelance work that I was doing, like it wasn't a stable income. And it was out of love, like no nothing to be like demeaning or anything like that, just purely out of love and wanting to set us up for success. So- I was actually on a guy's trip in Las Vegas and we were eating dinner at STK one night. And one of my buddies on that trip was an executive producer at Shy Day. And I asked him, Shy Day, for everyone that doesn't know, is one of the big players in the ad world. I asked him what he did. And he kind of explained to me what he was doing. And I was like, oh, I think I'd be really good at that. Can I get a job? <laughs> and he looked at me and he's like, well, send me your resume and I'll get you an interview on Wednesday and we can see what happens. And so I sent my resume when we got back from that trip and I had an interview Wednesday. And like two weeks later, I was, uh, I was a freelancer with my first job in the ad world. So I worked in the ad, ad world for about 10 years, Shy Day and Team One and 72 and Sunny and had a really good career as a digital producer. Got to work in tech, got to create a bunch of products, got to work with really cool brands and just really see the professional side of how big corporations do their digital, which I've actually implemented into a lot of what's got to be cooking. When I decided to leave the ad world three years ago, it was to move up to Seattle as a business partner for a startup. And I was up there for two years. It was a great learning experience. And basically, long story short, I wasn't happy. I wasn't really treated as a true partner, even though I was the second person in the company. And at the end of the day, I had to basically make a difficult decision. Do I want to stay at a company chasing money and being unhappy in the hopes that one, this startup hits it, or do I want to control my own destiny, leave the money on the table and move back to LA? After a lot of thinking and heart to hearts with Gabby, we decided, A, what's Gabby cooking belongs in LA full time again. And B, like, I want to be in control of my own destiny. And Gabby always talks about this. So I decided to exit the company and move back to LA. And then it folded six months later. <laughs> it, it, it did do that. So now that you're full-time at What's Gabby Cooking for a little bit over a year, the first couple of weeks were rocky because we didn't first, have- First like month. Well, we didn't have, we didn't have separate work- environment. Workspaces. Right. Which we really needed. And once we, you know, had you in your office and me in my office, things got a lot better. Honestly, like- Individual spaces was like the biggest thing. One of my friends, he works from home and his wife works from home. And um, I remember visiting him and asking him how him and his wife do it. And he's like, we have our own workspaces. So like literally the only time I see my wife is when I go into the kitchen to get a snack or food. Otherwise it's like we have our own work days, like totally separate. And so the second I got home from that trip, I moved my office into the basement Gabby's office was on the second floor. So like we had two floors separating us and instantly our work relationship got better. So how, what is it like working with your wife? It's great. Honestly, it's way better than I ever anticipated. I was so against working with Gabby and joining What's Gabby Cooking full-time for years because I was afraid of 
all the horror stories you hear about husband and wife teams, work, work teams ending up in divorce. And like, that's honestly the last thing that I would ever want to happen. So I was really, really nervous about that. But I think with different working spaces and having totally separate roles that each of us knows we're the expert in, like makes it a really clean working situation. So how did we divide duties within What's Gobby Cooking? So Gobby's, there's no questions asked. Gobby's the boss. She started the company 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And she's built it to what it is today. She's literally had the vision for it all along, started with just a blog, then grew on Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter. And what's Gobby cooking is today because of what she's made it. So I'm perfectly comfortable like walking into this and accepting like she's the boss, she's the breadwinner. Like there's no ego attached to that. Where my superpower is, is on the creative side of things. So when it comes to video editing or video production or web design or web development, search engine optimization, email management, all the tech side of things, that's my superpower. And that's where I can flex my muscles. And Gabi gives me the uh, creative space to go, go ahead and do that. So if you look at it, we have two totally different jobs. Occasionally, like there'll be some like creative direction that crosses over and we have to kind of argue it out. But at the end of the day, like she's the boss, she's the breadwinner. And like, I'm all on board with that. So somebody asked, do you guys have an equal partnership or is Gobby bossy? So again- And being bossy is different than being the boss. Right. Again, <laughs> Gobby started this company and this company is Gobby. Do I help? Yes. So at the end of the day, I would say she is the boss. Is she bossy? In the kitchen, 100%. But that's because that's where her expertise is. That's her domain. So when we do like, Photoshop or a video or uh, anything creative on the computer, which you guys don't see because that's not super fun to Insta Live or Insta Story, then that's where I'm bossy. And so it's just this give and take. Like we operate in a very efficient manner. And so, like when I'm in the kitchen trying to do something, like cut an onion, it takes me five minutes <laughs> when it takes her five seconds. So, of course, she'll kind of push me out of the way because that's more efficient. But at the same time, like if Gabby's trying to edit a photo in Photoshop, it'll take her 45 minutes to change the background from white to black. And I can do that in two seconds. So that's where I kind of push her out of the way. So we, again, it's, we have our own lanes. Yeah. We wear very different hats. Yeah. You have a lot more hats actually in real life than I do. It takes up four fifths of our closet. I do. And more <laughs> shoes. <laughs> Anything else about work you want to talk about? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. I have a bunch, a bunch of rapid fire questions that people have submitted about you. Some involve me mostly about you. Here's one for both of us. Pet peeve about each other. You go first. Oh my, no, this is my All right, interview. You want me to go? <laughs> well, so, I mean, there's a lot. <laughs> when Gabby gets packages, which is every day, she does not open the boxes. They just sit there for months. No, um, it's, it's days. It, it's like days or weeks. <laughs> Gabby likes to just set stuff and forget about it. I don't know if you guys remember my Insta story a couple months ago where there was like a basket and some towels from Williams-Sonoma and they literally sat on our table for a month. <laughs> like that's another thing. 
Gabby will be in the kitchen and I will be in my back office and she will ask me to come out and get her a glass of water. No, no, I will not. That is extreme. Okay. That maybe I won't be in the back example. office, but I'm not in the kitchen when I ask you for a water. No. The other thing too, that's really interesting is like, I'll be doing something, let's say working on the computer. And when Gabby's ready to clean the house, it's got to be cleaned right now. <laughs> um, do you want me to keep going? <laughs> Because I've got, I've got lots of them. I don't have any pet peeves about you. Really? I love you just the way you are. What about leaving out my shoes? Well, yeah, that drives me nuts. Or saying I'll do it later. Well, oh God, that's the worst. But honestly, that stems from my mother. Because I, my mom used to be like, can you put your shoes away? And I'd be like, I'll do it later. And then she'd be like, if I wanted it done later, I would have asked you later, which is literally what I say to Thomas on a weekly basis. And I'm like, oh my God, I am actually my mother. What's happening? <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Otherwise, I think you're perfect. I know. Except for when your hair gets really long. That scares me. It just needs to be styled. Favorite thing about each other. Favorite thing about Gabby is that she's fearless. Literally, She's willing to, like, if she wants something, she'll do whatever it takes to get that. And I admire that so much. My favorite thing about you is you are the most even keeled and really take time to think about your reactions and your actions before you do them. You're not like so reactionary like I am sometimes. And I'm very jealous of that fact. What is the one thing you guys always fight about? I don't know. I, this is going to sound terrible, but we don't fight a ton. Yeah. We've, we got in a fight about the pizza oven recently because. Yeah, that's been a hot topic lately, but that's, I blame that more on being pressure and having like one shot to get it right. Well, yeah. And it's just like a learning curve before yeah. we figure out how to really operate it at full capacity. Yeah. But I don't think we fight a ton. We also f- talk it out before we go to bed. Like if something happens before we go to sleep at night, one of us will be like, we can't just go to bed angry. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I the only fight I ever remember is I don't remember what we were fighting about, but we were getting ready to go on a trip and oh, <laughs> Gabby I and I were mad this. at each oh, other God, and I almost divorced you. And I and she uh we were packing. Hold on. We were leaving for the trip the next day. So we were 24 hours out from going to the airport. And Gabby always tries to hide the suitcases and packing from Stella our cat, also her imaginary friend. <laughs> and because the cat gets sad. And so I knew that and the cat was sitting right there. And so I literally pulled my suitcase out of the closet and set it down right in front of her and started packing in front of the cat. And Gabby got so I lost mad at my me. mind. I lost my mind. <laughs> okay. Where's the f- location of your first date? Olive Garden. <laughs> Unlimited salad and breadsticks. Do you remember how long we drove to get there? Yeah, it was like there, 45 there minutes. It wasn't one close to our college. In my white Mustang. <laughs> What happens, Thomas, if you don't like one of Gabby's recipes? I'll tell it to her. I'll tell it to her. Is that right? Sure. Why not? I'll let, I'll let her know and I'll provide constructive criticism. I don't remember the first recipe I told her that I didn't like, but she didn't take it well. <laughs> but honestly, like if you were to ask me what my least favorite thing is that she makes, I don't know if I could tell you that because no joke, and I'm not just saying this, but like 99% of her recipes are really, really good. So this brings me to an interesting point. How did you go, someone's question, how did you go from a meat and potatoes kind of guy to someone who, I mean, honestly, we're plant-based a lot. We eat meat and we eat chicken and turkey and a little bit of fish and beef. But like, I would say primarily we're 85% plant-based food. 
except for the cheese. How did that work for you? That's a really good question. Because my palate used to just, or not my palate, just what I would eat would be so basic. I think a couple things play into it. I have really high cholesterol naturally. And so eating meat and potatoes isn't the greatest for that. I think when we first started going more plant-based, it was like, Anything we ate at home would be plant-based, but then when we'd go out to a restaurant, I could splurge on meat. And now it's more of just like a, how healthy can I get myself? So what types of calories are you putting in your body? And you want obviously to be like nutrient dense foods. And I notice I just, my body feels great when I do that. I'm able to focus more. And there's also, I think just being exposed to more foods and seeing that there's actually flavor in vegetables Like I grew up and the vegetables that we would have would be like the frozen broccoli and it wasn't amazing. Gabby kind of with her season, actually with her seasonings and olive oils, like that just adds so much flavor to virtually any vegetable and like roasting them. It's they're easy to cook and they're flavorful. Like I didn't realize that non-meat and potatoes could be delicious. And I would argue that you can do a lot to frozen vegetables. I just don't think when we were growing up, our parents- Right, they were just boiled without seasoning and no seasoning. People didn't know what to do with them. Do we ever get sick of each other? I think at the beginning of quarantine, when we were in our condo, we did. And that was just because we were in, we were around each other 24 seven. We were in a confined space. It was very much like when we first started working together. Like we were around each other all day. So there was no break. Like, I don't think it's physically possible to be around somebody 24-7, 365 and not get sick of them. I mean, we've gotten sick of each other on vacation yeah. too. So it's like when that happens, it's like, okay. I go hang out with my dad and go get ice cream and you like go to the gym. Right. Or like if it's just the- Canada? Yeah. Or if it's just the two of us, like I'll go down to the bar and have a drink and read in the lobby and Gabby will take a nap because <laughs> she loves naps. <laughs> so it's just, I mean, the, the best way to not get sick of somebody is when you start feeling that, do something on your own. Like right. just take some space, take a moment. It's okay. You can go on a walk by yourself. Like that's allowed. What was your first impression of me? Nice butt. <laughs> <laughs> and she looks like a lot of fun. I was so tan back then. You were very tan. No. Oh. Um, yeah. You seem like a lot of fun. That's real. You're not lying about the tape. Yeah. Because the first time I think you ever really noticed me was in the weightlifting room. Yeah. And I would hike up my shorts and do squats. <laughs> Yeah. Is that called peacocking? (laughs) I don't know what it's called. What's a common misconception about Gabby? That she's always right. Touche. Yeah. (laughs) So Gabby's really good at coming off like she knows everything. And so there's a select few people in this world that can call her out on it. And when she doesn't, it's me her mom and her friend, Emily. And those are the only three people that are able to like recognize it and call her out. Your sister does it too occasionally. Yeah, but it's really you and Emily and mom. But that just goes to her confidence. Like she, she's super confident. Yeah, I can't argue with, with those, (laughs) those three people. Okay, last question. Then we're going to wrap this up. If you could live anywhere in the entire world with the exception of LA, where would you live? That's a really good question. I think Italy. I knew you'd yeah, say that. Like like Ravello. I was going back and forth between that and Paris because I love visiting Paris. But I think I would want to live outside of the city. Okay. And then one more question. If you could travel to one place in the world and I'm not allowed to weigh in on our destination, where would we be going? Right now? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when- Yeah, when- Japan. 
I would like to go eat all the sushi. There's one other question that someone asked that I thought would be really good. Tell me. What's like one piece of advice to give somebody like when they're looking pre-marriage or looking for a partner? What's one piece of advice for people before they get married? You tell me. So I think the biggest piece of advice that I can offer is to find somebody that always challenges you. Because if the two of you, whomever you're with, are challenging each other, nothing will get mundane. Nothing will get into a um, rut. You'll be constantly doing stuff, doing different things. And so that's where stuff doesn't get old and get sour. And you're always pushing the other person to be better. So you're kind of growing together. So find, literally find somebody that pushes you to be your best and challenges you and not just lets you settle. I would agree with that. And I think it's good to find someone to, that makes you laugh because I'm hysterical. Stella thinks so. <laughs> All right. That's a wrap on What's Thomas Eating. If you want to follow him on Instagram, he is a hoot. It is at What's Thomas Eating. And he'll be here with me every Monday night on Insta Live for the foreseeable future until we start our home renovation and then we probably will kill each other. Just kidding. One more thing before we sign off today, I want to feature a super cool small company that actually one of our good friends here in Los Angeles told us about his brewery is right next to this incredible coffee roast, roastery, roaster, TBD. Anyways, it's called Silverback Coffee of Rwanda, silverbackcoffee.com. It is really incredible beans. They're freshly roasted and then shipped off to you. And it's super cool and near and dear to my heart for a couple of reasons. One, a percentage of the profits go to local organizations and schools in Rwanda to help support them and help widows and orphans and people that were affected by the genocide. And by educating and helping those people get back on their feet. They're also helping the silverback gorilla population in Rwanda, which is endangered. And it's somewhere I very much want to go and learn about and see the gorillas and do my part in helping conserve them. So the whole company basically is helping the people of Rwanda, the gorillas of Rwanda, and you're getting amazing coffee beans. So pro tip from Thomas, check them out, silverbackcoffee.com. You won't be disappointed. All right, guys, that's it for today's What's Gobby Cooking in the Wild podcast. Be sure to tune in every Monday for the foreseeable future for a new episode and a new guest and tons of questions and answers. If you have any questions that you want answered, just give me a call 1-888-338-4429 and leave me a voicemail. Or if you have a small company that deserves some love, please let me know on the voicemail. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're using to listen and follow along on What's Gobby Cooking on Instagram and Twitter. And for more recipes, check out my website, whatsgobbycooking.com. I'll see you guys next Monday.